Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you here? I am here. Cool. Cool deal. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this too so we don't have to worry about it. Okay. Um uh, it'll probably be a it'll probably be like an hour forty five minutes by the time I'm done editing it. But we yeah. should be good. Okay. Uh, so is Anthony coming on? Uh, I couldn't get a hold of him. You want me to try texting him real quick? Yeah, see what he says. Okay, hang on. Let me get him my phone so I can text him. Oh, so what, when do you want to start? Um, let's see if he calls back in a couple minutes, and then if he doesn't, if he doesn't get back to him in a couple minutes, then, um, we will start. Okay, yeah, not a problem. Oh, my God, it's freezing. Oh, my God, stop whining. <laughs> it is cold, man. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? It's probably like 50 degrees down there, right? No, it's like 42. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, here, here it's like 30, 31. Oh, no. No, no, yeah. no. That doesn't work for me. It does not work for me at all. Absolutely. I don't do uh, cold. Why not? Oh, my gosh, because I hate it. I hear you. I'd rather be in the heat. Yep. Hmm. 
He might be sleeping. Yeah, that's true. Because, um, I mean, he just got out of the hospital. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll put up, we'll pause, and then we'll start off with welcome to the first ever edition of Cold Case Justice. The what? <clears throat> welcome to the first case for the first show of Cold Case Justice. First radio show. With your host, and then we'll just name, we'll go down the, the list of who's here. We'll say hello by naming ourselves. Are you, um, why don't you start it all off, though, Scott? And then tell a little bit about why you got into it, how you got into it. Okay. Uh. Just to let people know who we are, what we do. Yep, absolutely. Um, so what we'll do is we'll pause first, and then we'll go into only because it's easier for me to edit it when we pause it. So that's fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever radio show of Cold Case Justice. My name is Scott Hamilton. I am joined today by Jillian Hamilton and Carol Malone. How are you all doing? I'm doing good. It's been a busy day. Ah, okay. Uh, just give people background on on what we what we do and how we got into this. Um, about two or three years ago, uh, we were approached to do cold cases in the state of Connecticut. So, I had me and my wife, Jillian, and the family um, went to a uh, victim support meeting um, to help murder victims and cold cases. And from there, it just spiraled into where we're at right now. Um, I have a diverse background, um, and I really don't want to get into it right now, but a diverse background into everything. Um, Carol, how did you get into this? Uh, we got into it several years ago um, when my, my own son was murdered. Um, when we found out that the police didn't even have a fingerprint kit in their back of their car, you know, we knew something had to be done. And I knew right then and there that, you know, we were going to be the ones to solve it. So we worked very hard, um, ran into a lot of brick walls. And my husband and I promised ourselves that we would never let another family go into it. So I decided that I was going to go to college and get my death investigation and my basic pathology. And I just graduated as of September 15th, by the way. So, <laughs> thanks. It's been a long haul. But that's how we got into it. I just wanted people out there to know that 
you know, there's people out there that understand, and there is a place for them to turn, and I wanted to be that person. So I wanted to give back to others that may feel lost and confused and have nowhere to turn. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, is, that is awesome. I mean, um, we not only do, do cold cases, we do runaways, we do missing persons, we do uh, human trafficking, we do, you name it, we'll do it. Internet stalking, you name it, we'll do it. Well, oh, and there's a bunch of There's a bunch of internet stalkers out there right now. Oh yes, there are. Um, so each each week we'll uh, we'll um, I can't think tonight. Each week we'll highlight a case that we're working on. Um, and this week just so happens that we're working on the Jennifer Renee Odin oh, Odom case. This is a case that actually came to us by um, somebody that's very close to us. Um, he w actually was a friend of Jennifer's when she was younger and is now actually the producer of our show. So <laughs> when we took on this case, it just, it broke my heart. I mean, I couldn't even imagine, you know, all that time and still waiting for justice. It just... It's such a sad case. Yes, it is. And it's even sadder that the police are having such a hard time solving it and getting justice for her and her family. I was actually able to talk to um, the main officer today, and they have made leaps and bounds. We can't really go into that a whole lot. Um. But, you know, they do want people to know that they have not given up. They, they are adamant about this case. They will not give up. Unfortunately, sometimes when you have suspects, you know, they aren't as easily caught as you would see on TV shows. That and when the leads go cold and the evidence just, is very baffling. You can't pinpoint anyone in some of these cases until the missing piece actually is found. Absolutely, and that can take years. Yeah. And that's one thing about our team that I like is that our team, we don't mind spending, I mean, we have cases in key that we've spent five, six years on. You know, and for us, it's not an option to give up. It's not an option to to let them fade to where nobody remembers them because we try our best to keep them in the forefront of everybody's mind because we believe that no case is unsolvable. True. And it's taken it's 22 years come this February for this case. Hmm. Bless her family's heart. Yeah. I, I can't don't know even imagine. How I could survive with a child missing. I, I, barely know. Made it. I barely made it a year, let me tell you. 
So 22 years, I can't even imagine. I can't. They have had a lot of strength. Absolutely. And, you know, her friends, we've actually reached out and talked to some of her friends. And, you know, they all remember her as, as one of the type of people that would help anybody. She was so friendly, so upbeat, so bubbly that, you know, I, I truly believe that's how she was adopted. I believe that, too. Sometimes, and I mean, actually, I think most of the time, uh, predators look for those innocent, willing to help people to attack because that's a big weakness in their eyes that they can exploit. Well, exactly. And a predator doesn't want somebody who's going to fight back. It's too much of a hassle. Right. So they want the people that aren't going to be fighters. They want the people that, you know, are going to be trusting. They're going to go with them without an argument or a fight. Right. The shy ones, the timid, the very obedient ones. Exactly. Um, Jill, tell us a little bit about her case. I know that you've um, gone over this case quite a bit. Yeah, um, Jennifer was born on August 25th, 1980. Unfortunately, she disappeared February 19th, 1993. She was like every 12-year-old little girl, happy, bubbly, with a loving family. But on that day, February 19th, 1993, it all changed. There are, these are the facts. As we know of them, on that day, February 1993, at school let out for the weekend, she stepped off her bus around 3 p.m. and waved her friends goodbye and walked, started walking home, which was about 12, uh, 200 yards from her. Bus stopped in Pas rural Pasco County, Florida. But, of course, she never made it home, as we know. The children on her bus reported to be see a blue pickup truck slowly following her home as she walked. One second. A few days later, law enforcement and volunteers looked everywhere for the next few days, I'm sorry. Law enforcement and volunteers looked everywhere for Jennifer with the help of search dogs. They scoured 60 miles around Pasco County, Florida. Only six days later, on February 25th of 93, a woman and a man searching an abandoned orange grove in southeast Hernando County, Florida found Jennifer's body. She was only wearing two rings and a gold bracelet with two charms. They have not found her clothes as yet. According to the Hernando County Sheriff's Office, Jennifer was probably short, killed shortly after being kidnapped from a blow to the head. <laughs> 
But according approximately to two years later, on the 5th of January, 1995, a couple hunting for scrap metal found her clarinet case and book bag in a wooded area near a dirt road, about 12 miles from where her body was found and 20 miles from her home. Mm. Unfortunately, no arrests have been made in this case. Police have questioned numerous people but made no arrests. And the police have even flown to Maine to interview someone but came back to Florida with no one in custody. Wow. Her case has been featured on many local and national news broadcasts and also on Unsolved Mysteries. And they've received numerous leads and tips but as of today, there have been no arrests. Wow. You know, that's so scary. I mean, think about it. 200 yards from her house. Yeah. I mean, that is, you know, every parent out there should be cringing at this moment. That is the type of yardage that you could walk out, stand on your driveway and look down the street and see your child. I mean, that is really close to home. The sad thing is no one looked out their window. They didn't even say that they heard a screaming or anything of her being abducted. It was silent. Obviously, she knew her attacker. Obviously, she had went willingly at the time. Hmm. Well, and you know, that's another thing. She, nobody heard anything. Right. If she didn't know the person that took her, she would have screamed. Right. It's an unfair thing to where it's a natural human reaction. And they would have absolutely screamed. And nobody heard anything, which leads me to believe she absolutely knew who abducted her. I think that she had gotten in the vehicle willingly. Right. Oh, poor family. Um, now, we, we are actually taking steps. We have actually um, taken on this case at this point. I know, mm-hmm. Scott, you and I have been on the phone non-stop this week on this case. Yep. And yes, yes. you had you had some really interesting theories on this. Yeah. Correct? Are, yes, correct. There you know, there were uh the, she knew her attacker, yes, we know that. Okay. Um who it is we don't know yet. Um they did I forget the exact date, but they did look into one part of the lake that's behind her house to see if they found a blue pickup truck. Today, as of today, uh, no truck is to be found. And that registration no. is, is uh, it expired, but it's not transferred over to anybody. Which means that that truck was never sold. Exactly. 
If it would have gone to a junkyard, they would have had to register that number. Yes. If it would have been sold, they would have had to register it to get plates on it. You're right. Which means that truck is somewhere. It hasn't been sold. We know it wasn't sold. We know it didn't go to the junkyard. So yep. that truck has to be somewhere. Now, we do know that there is a very famous, and I'm going to say, well, not very famous, but pretty well-known um, suspected serial killer, children's serial killer, that was questioned for this crime, correct? Yes, that is correct. And he's actually, if I'm not wrong, he's serving time right now in Tyler's Correctional for the murder of another child. Yes, that is correct. And there was actually two serial killers questioned on her case. Mm. Now, one in, 90, one in 94. Um, one question. in 94? Yeah. And then one in, one in 93 and one in 94. Okay, now we do know that um, Mr. Potts, one of our, one of the serial, suspected children's mm-hmm. serial killers, um, we do know for a fact that um, they suspect him on 15 murders in six different states surrounding that area. We do know for he worked with the family or for the family um, prior to her going missing, correct? Correct. And we do know that he was questioned. Scott, is that correct? They did question him. Yes, they did question him. Okay. And we also know that um, we talked, I personally talked to um, one of the head sheriffs out where his cabin is. Now, we do know that he was prosecuted on another child murder, not the one that he's in jail for right now. And because of a lack of evidence, he did not get convicted on that one. That is correct, yep. So, and this is, you know, that's the scariest thing. I mean, just to think, being parents, I mean, you know, you think that you bring these people to work on your home or to help you out, and you never know who it it truly is that you're hiring and putting directly in the line of fire of your family. Absolutely. You never know I'm, who who it is, you know. Um, you know, luckily in Connecticut, you have to be licensed to do any type of work. Um, so that takes apart anything that, um, that they can go after you for. Um, but other states don't have what Connecticut and the different some other states have. You know, a lot of them are just like, okay, well, just do whatever you want to do. You know, um, but there's nobody to oversee anybody in the construction business. You know, and that's a sad thing about it. You know, well, there's no- not, not just construction, but how many times have we come across um, teachers' aides? Yeah. Who weren't checked out properly. How many times have we come across, you know, 
even some people that are doing neighborhood watches or things like that, we put our families and our children in direct danger anytime we don't check somebody out. You're right. Absolutely. And I think that nowadays we truly, truly need to, um, you know, we need to have stronger laws. Yes, we do need stronger laws. We need more people to be vigilant, for one. Um, I know that they're cracking down in several different areas with the teacher's aides and teachers and stuff. Even um, nurses and doctors and stuff like that have to be checked out and be fingerprinted. Um, Even um, nurseries like uh, preschools and stuff, has to be checked out before your child even gets to go in there. They have to be uh, fingerprinted and everything and a background check done because the state doesn't want to be liable. But also, I know, for instance, here in Connecticut, um, They're very strict on checking people out, but also with the security. If someone doesn't know the person, they're not allowed to get off the bus or um, be taken out of the school. And you have to pass two to three different levels of security just to get into a school to see a I hate to say it, but in today's society, that's what we need. I mean, we work with so many great individuals out there, and we actually have one that will be on the show tonight. Um, It's called I Have Vanished. They're an organization that helps promote missing people, and they're very adamant. They don't do it for anything more than to get the word out there. These organizations are some of our best tools. You know, we just need to stand up. We need to start taking a tally on what's around us and around our families because you never know who that person is walking across the street from your house. You never know what their mindset is. And as we've seen today by the Internet, the Internet is a vast tool for criminals nowadays to use to gain access into your lives. Yeah. You need to, everyone who has a child needs to teach them what they can say on the Internet and what they cannot say, like the location of where they are or what they actually look like, stuff like that. Um, They need to know who they're talking to, actually know who they're talking to on the Internet and not a friend of a friend of a friend. You don't know them, don't talk to them. Um, stuff like that. Same with uh, stranger danger. I wish schools would teach kids again every grade how to protect themselves. Well, and, and, that, and I agree with you. Do that too. And you know what, Jill? That is a perfect point. How many times have we watched on the news where? You know, somebody just 
went up to the school and took somebody else's child, saying, I'm the uncle, or, you know, how many times have we seen on the news, especially now that human trafficking is actually, it's gone vast. I mean, there are so many cases of human trafficking right now. And these guys meet these young girls online. I think that you hit a very good point. I know, for one, I'm a mother, and my kids were not allowed on the computer, on the Internet, unless I was right over their shoulder. Um, I'm very, I must be the old-fashioned mean mom because I limited their Internet chatting. If they didn't know the, the person, and I didn't know them personally either, they could not talk to them. Um, no, that's not me not actually protecting your children. Well, you know, my, I think my kids at the time thought I was a ogre, but later I was a cool mom. I was a safe mom. Everybody came to hang out here at my house for them. So my kids were allowed to hang out with their friends, but it always had to be at my house. Exactly. Right. I did not. If my kids were going to go to a movie, I took them there. I picked them up. Right. You know, my kids weren't allowed to wander, just wander around. And I think that it's because of what we do now for a living, what we do on these cases, that we have, we don't have the blinders on anymore that most people you know, do. Of course, nowadays, you know, we all know it takes two people in a household to work to support a family in a household. We know that it's, you know, times are hard. But the thing of it is, is this is where that saying, it takes a village to raise a child comes into play. Get to know your neighbors. Know who your neighbors are. Know who is a safe place for your children. You know, talk to your neighbors. Inform your child that if you are going to come home and I'm not home, you check in with, you know, the neighbor lady. And as a neighbor lady or yourself call you to let you know that they're safe. Absolutely. And I think that nowadays, like I said, and a lot of people blame the police for not being able to solve these crimes in a timely manner and not, you know, not doing this. But people have to understand, unlike us, we have, we don't have, I mean, we have a lot of cases, but we don't have half as many as they do. They get new cases over their desk every day. And yeah, they're overloaded. Exactly. With us, we're not overloaded. And they are underfunded. Their budgets have just been cut again. They want these officers to solve these crimes, but they don't want to give them the tools to do it. We're lucky enough that... All of us work very hard, you know, you, your husband, me, my husband, and we work very hard to make sure that we have the equipment we need. And for us, it's something that we don't have to step off a case because we have another case pressuring us. It's something that we can take years to do. And unfortunately, law enforcement doesn't have that that luxury. Right. And... We also, the public is more open to talk to us than 
the police, unfortunately, because of the current um, stuff that has gone on. Absolutely. The they have a fear of the police, but also not the respect, which you have to admire the police who are working on all these cases. They're bringing home these nightmares, and they have to live with them while they try to solve them. And sometimes, because they go, if they go cold, it's one, they can't find the evidence, and two, the public is not helping them. Well, and that's just it. It's the point of it is, is you know, and that's why we have Christy, your young, you know, your young daughter. People that a lot of times we get a situation where we have a case where the teenagers don't want to talk to us. They'll feel more comfortable talking to her. Right. It's you have to make sure they're comfortable in order to get what you need to get. And we have done this for many years. And, you know, some people say that it's an unconventional way of handling it when we have, you know, your daughter going and talk to them. But point being is she's going to make them feel more comfortable than we would. She's going to get them to open up. She can relate a lot better than we can because we're older. Absolutely. That being the case, we... The police don't have the young pe- a young person who can see through their eyes as opposed to somebody who's been trained to see the bad and everything. She can actually see and sympathize with them and try and get them to remember something easier because she's not stressing them out. Oh, I, I agree 100%. I mean, there's mine and my husband's son. You know, we'll send him in to talk to talk to people when, you know, it's his age group. Because if you think about it, who are they going to open up more to, their own age group or us? It's always going to be the others, you know, their own age group. And the police don't have – they're governed by certain laws. We're not right. governed by. They can't identify with the yeah, absolutely, Mike. They I mean, can't um, identify with them. We are at any agency or just another case that landed on their desk most of the time. So they can identify with individuals that are giving up themselves to be part of this. They're vested in the interest of this whole situation, and they know that you are because you're doing it from the heart. That's why they're more open to talk to you than the police and everybody else. Absolutely. Because they, people have a sixth sense. They can tell who's real and who isn't. They can tell who has who's just doing it as a job and who's doing it because they really want to solve this case and they want to have a great conclusion to the situation. Absolutely. Right. I think that, and you know, I love the situation where we can actually get to know one-on-one the families. We can get to know their situation, what they're going for, through. And uh, with us, it's not, you know, you make one or two calls to the police department and you can only call between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. We're on call 24 hours a day. I have some of our people that we have cases on calling me at 2, 3 in the morning just to talk, and that's okay because we understand, especially with what happened in our passes, all of our passes, we understand what they're going through, and sometimes they just need to talk. 
Yeah, they need that ear to listen and the shoulder to cry on when they see something or they remember something that is heart-wrenching to them because it's about their loved one that's gone and they can't really talk to anyone else because they wouldn't understand but that maybe we won't we may not understand but we will understand that that's something they're going through and that it may help us in the long run find the culprit and help them have closure and peace. Absolutely. Any any information we can get and sometimes you know, sometimes it may not even be dealing with the case. It may be dealing with, you know, Christmas comes around and, you know, they're trying to get through it without their loved one and they just need that person to talk to. And I know, like, you and Scott are really good, especially Scott. Scott is really good about just listening. And I think that makes them feel very comfortable. And whenever we do that, it's showing them that, you know what, no matter what the situation, we're there for them. Well, unfortunately, right. most of these are bound by <clears throat> just what, what the facts are more than anything else. They can't really show the human compassion as individuals can. They're bound by it. They really can't show any, any emotion or anything because, like you like to recircle the wagons back to earlier when you said they see so many horrific situations, they have to shut themselves down and put a wall up on their real emotions on a lot of cases. So they really can't give all what they have, their real emotions or share an emotional experience with somebody by giving them a hug or anything. But they have to be shut down, and most agencies have to be straight to fact. That's what they're told at the academy and everything. Fortunately, we can, we can interact with the individuals on a different level, a more compassionate level. Yeah, you're right. Um, because it would – they see so many things. I mean, it would tear them up totally, and they'd have – a lot of PSD going around in the police force if they didn't learn how to um, detach themselves emotionally. And it's already hard on them because of what they see. It's hard on their marriages and everything. That oh, absolutely. It really is amazing that they even take this on to begin with and do the best that they can. And a lot of times they do solve the cases and then there's a lot of times, like for instance, the Jennifer's case, that it takes a long time, but they are wanting to solve it because one, it's still on their mind, their hearts are pierced because of this too. They just can't show it. Exactly. I agree 100%. And see, it's amazing to me. I mean, I always believe that people are put together for a certain reason. And no matter how you come together, if you do it for the right reason, then you're going to be blessed. And I know that we have cases dating back to, what, 68? I think we have some dating back to 68. We, we have one dating back to 57. 57. And, you know, we take each case. 
whether it's the one in 57 or the one in 68 or the one that's, you know, 2012, we take them all the same. And the reason why is because we've all talked about this a million times. We believe the dead speak. We believe that no case can not be solved. We absolutely believe that there is closure out there. And sometimes it takes a while, but we're not a group to give up. We have never given up on a case. We never will. Well, and you mean, and also, as we know, you know, most of these uh, cases, I mean, it's not like on TV. These agencies, unfortunately for them, are way overwhelmed with all kinds of different cases. So they can't really give you the individual uh, attention that each case needs. I mean, Baltimore back in the 90s, um, the death rate was so high that they would literally, instead of robbing you, they would just shoot you dead to the ground because they didn't want to take out the time to ask you for your money. So unfortunately, with the high murder rates and the disappearing rates and all that, unfortunately, most of the, the police and stuff were just so overwhelmed that every time they, they get involved in a case, there's 16 more on their death. That's why they, they, if they don't solve in the first 48, as we all know, then it's pretty much a cold case at that point because they're just so right. overwhelmed. Yep. And there's a difference between, I mean, they're, they're law enforcement. They're governed by certain laws. We are certified death investigators. We handle things that they don't handle, even in an everyday situation. Um, different aspects of different cases, right down to the autopsy reports, you know, the pathology reports. Um, law enforcement doesn't handle those. And I think that's what gives us a little bit of an edge on things is because how many times have we had people wanting us to relook over their pathology reports? And, you know, to me, it's an honor because if somebody's going to bring a case to you of their loved ones and entrust that with you, I think that's one of the highest honors we could have. Yeah. Also with um, police and their cold cases, they have different departments that deal with certain aspects of a murder case, like the autopsy for the coroner and the crime scene investigator and then the police and the detectives. They all have their own view on the case, and everything gets put together um, in one packet, but then you have to step through all this to understand, okay, this is what happened, these are the facts, and they're not one group of department doing the whole thing where we are. Um, we're looking at everything, and they're trying to communicate, but sometimes that communication isn't quite there, and sometimes they need a new set of eyes the family does, so that's where we come in. Well, exactly, and not just that, but people need to understand it's not just like we are a team. In all aspects, we are a team. If we get a pathology report in, it doesn't just go to my hands. Each one of the team members looks at it, and the reason why is because what I might miss, Scott might pick up or you might pick up or Mike might pick up. It's always better to have more eyes on the case than less. And with law enforcement, unfortunately, they're not able to do that. Right. 
and unfortunately, law enforcement is, you know, held by a lot of bureaucracy. Um, they have to go through all kinds of red tape to make one move. They always have to answer and get, um, you know, all kinds of people above them, giving them the permission to move forward on things. With us, we don't have to answer to a lot of folks. We just move straight forward on a lot of different issues. We, it's not, there's no bureaucracy here, and we can kind of move forward straight on. Well, we don't work for the police department. We work for the victims. Right. Yeah, and we help the police be able to make that arrest when we find the evidence they need. Absolutely. I mean, we always, anything, we work side by side with them, but our true, our, our true goal is to give the victim their voice and give the family their closure. We work in conjunction with them. We appreciate well, everything that they do. They're, they are ultimately the professionals. Um, but like I said earlier, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're just held up to so much bureaucracy. I mean, the bottom line is, um, you know, they, they have to answer to too many people, and unfortunately for them, that impedes their process more than it would us. Oh, right. absolutely. I know that Scott, at, um, Scott was in the military for you guys. Um, he is actually one of our homegrown heroes. So I am honored to be able to say that, you know. Um, and I know that, you know, Scott's been doing cold cases and working hand-in-hand -hand with law enforcement for quite some time. And, you know, it just, I'm so amazed at just his well-diversity into the situation and the way that they think that I really truly believe that that brings a lot to our team because what I may understand in the pathology world or in the coroner's world, I don't understand the loopholes and the laws that Scott would understand working hand in hand with these officers all the time. So I think that it's a very well diverse thing that we do. Um, I couldn't tell you the truth. I am actually honored that, you know, God has put us in this position to be able to do that. And also, I mean, all us individuals are, are a key component to everything because more eyes Absolutely. on something and different eyes are generally a good thing. Maybe we'll see something or notice something that somebody else didn't. Not saying that anybody flawed in any way. I'm just, you know, Absolutely. always good to have more eyes on stuff, and it's always good to have a little diversity, as you were stating earlier. Absolutely. Because everybody's a key component to this process. Yeah. I you know, it was... I think that everybody that's all right. I think that everybody has a, a a gift to bring to the table. And we we combine all those gifts together in order to make the team, which is it's such a diverse team from my wife Jillian all the way up me, Mike, you Christina. Christina, Jerry, um Anthony, Anthony. I mean um with that all said, I mean, it's an awesome team. And we have resources with everybody. We have our own knowledge, and we have other people that we can talk to on the different aspects of what each case is to get a better understanding. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we all, 
you know, we're very lucky that we do have the connections we have. And the reason why is because, you know, sometimes it takes those connections to actually know exactly what our next step should be if we do not. So to be able to go to somebody and say, okay, this is where we are. What should, what is, what in your opinion is our next step if we get stuck at a spot and we have law enforcement agencies, we, you know, we have even some people in the federal bureau of investigation, we have private detectives, you know, and it's, it's such a nice feeling to be able to reach out and help that family with all the different diversity that we do have. Yeah. Um, also, think about, I was working on a case not too long ago, me and my wife, Jillian, and we were at a dead end, couldn't go any further with it, and I was doing research, found a sketch that matched the picture of one of the suspects, I went to, now this is a state-owned case, I went to my buddy up here in, in uh, my hometown, and he says, I'll deal, I'll take care of it. And he actually went out, I told him the whole story, he said, we need to get this guy off the street. So he took that whole thing, and he actually took it, and I have, that was like three or four weeks ago, I haven't heard anything back from him, but he normally calls me, so I got to check with him next week on what's happening with that one. Um, but it's connected to other cases. The connection right there was phenomenal. The sketch and the picture of the suspect were almost to a T yeah. identical. Now, I know, Scott, I know the case you're talking about, and I won't mention it. But yep. you also put through a facial recognition program, which is one of the tools that we use. Yes. And it actually came back with a 16-point hit, correct? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And we do have a sketch on our Jennifer case, which we are going to go ahead and put through the same recognition software that we used on, that you used on this other case. Yeah. Um, our main goal is just, you know what, we just want closure for our family. We want to give Jennifer her voice back. And I think that that's extremely important, not just for Jennifer and her family, but for the whole community. Yeah. Yeah, so the family can think of only the good things about her life and not of the what if and blaming themselves or the police or anything like that. They'll be happy that it at an end that she's at peace. Exactly. You know, I talked to I talked to a couple of her friends um, this week, and the story that really just captured me was her younger sister and her used to play a game. Um, they both got off the bus approximately the same time, just different buses, and they would have a race home. And whoever lost, of course, the one who made it home first would lock the other one out of the house. You know, they're kids. And then the yeah. other one would walk to her grandmother's house, which is only a couple doors down. Mm -hmm. And that was the game. They, they explained how they played that game all the time. Grandma only lived, you know, not that far away, walking distance to their house. 
And they were telling me that Jennifer, she, she loved animals. She was into music. You know, she was the sweetest, happiest person anybody ever met. She never had a bad word to say about anybody. She was trusting. She was loving. She came from a very good family in a good neighborhood. And, you know, this, Jennifer's murder didn't only rock the family, it didn't only crush the family, but it crushed the town. To this yeah. day, that town has not, has not gotten over this hellacious murder of this beautiful little 12-year-old. I mean, she was gorgeous. She was a cute kid. Yeah, I think part of them not getting over it is that they kind of blame themselves for not looking out for and not thinking something like this could ever happen. I think they're very aware that they're not in a bubble anymore. They are in the world and they have to be aware of their surroundings more. Absolutely. Well, you know, me me being the mother of a murdered child, you know, it never stops. I mean, you're always, everything in the back of your mind is what if. What if he wasn't there? What if we would have gone and got him? What if, what if, what if? And, you know, I mean, there was a point in my life where, honestly, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go on. But I have two other children. And, you know, that what if will eat you alive. And they need to understand that it's not what if or what should they have done. Predators are out there every day of the week. It could be the guy mowing your yard. It could be the ice cream man. It could be anybody Predators don't have a sign on them that says, I'm going to kidnap you, or I'm a child predator, or I'm a serial killer. They don't come with labels. And most of the time, if you seen one walk in, in New York in a crowded city, you wouldn't be able to tell who is who. Yeah, but predators right. generally observe us anyway. I mean, as, as in humans, too, we all observe each other. They, know how uh, they want to know your habits and tendencies. So generally, a predator will observe you for a little while before they attack. That's what predators are, even in the wild. Yeah, that is true. The children abducted know they're abductee. They are absolutely guard is down. It could be an uncle or a neighbor in a lot of cases. It's unfortunate that you sometimes I think Nowadays, you have to do a background check on anybody you know. Um, but Absolutely. You have to, it, the fact that you have to teach your child, be aware of your surroundings, be well, knowledgeable look of at, how to defend yourself. Look at John Wayne Gacy, perfect example. He was the boss to some of these young boys. He was their employer. They trusted him. They went to his house. They went to his house to pick up their paychecks and were never seen again. I mean, this is a guy that was a very high up in the community. He got numerous awards for right. being a good citizen. 
And lo and behold, under his house, like the bodies of 30 men. Yes. I mean, they're everywhere. And I think more than anything, I just want people to realize, like, there's a lot of groups out there, and we're going to have one calling in here in a few minutes, um, that, you know, there are a lot of people out there. We need to stand up. We need to be aware, and we need to actually form more groups like I Have Vanished or Missing and Exploited Children or places like that because these groups literally put everything they have in their lives to the side to protect these individuals. There is an actual group, and um, I love these guys, absolutely adore these guys. They're called Guardian for Children. Now, these guys look like the biggest, toughest biker gang you will ever run across. I mean, you know, if you, if you pulled up on the side of the road and these guys surrounded your car, you'd get a little nervous. They're kind of scary looking. But these guys, their whole organization is for nothing more than to protect children. That's their whole goal. And it gives you a real insight on people nowadays are stepping up. They're saying enough is enough. They're forming organizations. But some people don't know how to get that done. And that's when you reach out to an organization and you say, please help me walk through this so I can do this as well. The more people we get out there, the better off we are, the safer our children is, and the better chance of a good future we have. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It takes a village to raise a child nowadays. Yes, it does. Well, it's it's amazing to me. And, Joe, I know as you're a mother, you've had to cringe some days when your child didn't come home on time, you know? That is true. Um, so you want to tell about the guests. Tell a little bit about them, and then we have to go to break after that, and then we'll bring them on. Okay. Well, I Have Vanished is actually an organization that um, they're very well diverse all over. They take um, missing children and missing people, and they mass blast the missing posters. They go out there. And they make sure that those missing, missing individuals are in the forefront of everybody's mind. They keep on it, and they keep on it, and they keep on it. And their whole goal is never to let a missing person, missing person file ever go cold. They're really a great organization. They actually spend so much of their time in this that they're amazing. I mean, they eat, sleep, and breathe this kind of stuff. And they're just a really amazing organization that's out there trying to keep the word out on missing children, missing persons. They're a wonderful organization. Absolutely. And there are a lot of good, or, a lot of excellent organizations. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot more than what I had thought. Um, so, and people just want to help people find their lost loved ones, you know? And that's the hard part. It absolutely is. And, you know, every day I see new organizations popping up or more people stepping into it. And it, it just actually makes me 
really feels overwhelmed with joy because of the fact that these people are taking, you know, they work. I mean, we all work nine to five. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. We work, but this is our life. We work that job so we can come and do this. And for us, you know, the best reward we can do is to be able to bring closure to that family, to see that family be able to finally relax and to finally have that peace. To, to me, that's worth everything. Yeah, and also, I like the fact that we can also, because of the radio show, make other people aware of these cases so their eyes are open so they can protect themselves and their children too at the same time as trying to help those who have lost loved ones. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree with you more. I'd like to one day be able, with the help of everyone, uh, go to schools and help these kids and these teachers and everybody be aware that uh, your how they can protect themselves and how they can protect others by being vigilant and helping the police help solve these things by just being aware of their own surroundings. Oh, absolutely. I don't think anybody could have said it any better than what you just did. So let's take a break, and then we'll come back with our guest. You got it. So basically, how do you think it's going already? Because this this is going to be cut out. When I said... um, Take a break. This to when they come on, it's going to be cut out. So how do you think it's going? I think it's going really well. I mean, we're definitely getting out who we are, and that's Absolutely. important. Now, did Jason say he edited it for us, or do we have to edit it ourselves? We have to edit it. Okay. He can edit the TV part, but he can't edit this part. Okay. So, And I'm very proud of us. Not one of us cussed yet. I know. <laughs> if you hear me cuss, if you hear me cuss, I really am in pain or really mad at my son. <laughs> other, than that, uh, say, other than that, I'll say tickles or something like really silly. Oh, I dropped the F bomb like you would not believe. So so now what I'll do is I'll when we take a break, I'll put in that song and then I'll Bring, when we bring him on, bring them on, then we'll announce them, and that's where it starts, picks up again. And then the end of the show, and then we'll we'll fade out with um, that song that we faded in on the middle, in the beginning. Okay, sounds great. We need to talk about, um, when we come back from break, Scott, we actually okay. need to touch on what our team is doing when we go to Florida. Okay. Um, and what our goal is, you know, we need to really touch on, I mean, we could talk about Mr. Potts. We could talk about the cabin. We just can't talk about the other guy. Yeah, gotcha. 
So we just want to bring light. And we also do need to let people know that if they do remember anything, if they do have any information, to contact the local law enforcement. And I have that phone number, actually. Okay. Perfect. So, uh, Huh? Did Jason want to come on? Jason. Uh, No, he can't. He's in a meeting. Oh, okay. So, but I have um, the phone number. So if anybody does remember anything or, you know, call the police. Even if they don't think it's any type of evidence, call. What's it going to hurt? Make the call. And they, we should also say they can look up um, about the case. Absolutely, that's a good idea. So they can see, did I see this girl? Uh, do I remember anything like that type thing? That's a really good idea. And you have that information about the web the um website thing? Uh, which website? Uh the one that you typed up. Oh, the uh criminal takedown. Our criminal takedown page on WordPress has all of the cases. Okay. Uh, okay. Central New Jersey's on. Hello. 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 Hi, how's it going? Hi, how are you? Good. I am glad you could make it. I'm glad I could be here. Let me Thank introduce you. you. Let me introduce you. Um, we got my husband Mike, we got Scott, and we got Jill. Hey guys, how's it going? How's it going? Pretty good. We got a few minutes before we come back from break. Um, Scott, do you want to talk to him for a second while we're on break? Sorry, guys, I got to go grab a cup of coffee. That's all right. Is that acceptable? No, we're really. Right. Right. <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. Okay. So you guys do a lot of good work, huh? Uh, trying to do what I can, you know? Yeah. How many people are in your organization? Uh, to be honest with you, it, it's just me. Um other than uh, a few people I bounce ideas off of, uh, that sort of thing. But, uh, I mean, for most of the legwork, it's just me. Oh, all right. Wow. That's pretty cool. I'm hoping it's not always that way. It could use a little help, so. Yeah, I hear you. I definitely hear you there. What exactly do you do? Um, Well, I administer the website, uh, publish updates to... um, to, to active cases, to the, the newest cases uh, that come out, uh, provide uh, daily alerts to um, people in different areas for the cases specific to their area. Okay. Hmm. That's a lot of work for one person. It's definitely dedicated. Sorry, guys. I hate the cold, though. No, you don't. Please, stop warning. <laughs> you said you hate the cold. It can't be as bad as it is here. 
I'm at 21 degrees in Connecticut. New Jersey, where do you at? Oh, I'm I gotta, in PA. I got to be right around there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so ready to go back to L.A. for the winter. I can't deal this. <laughs> Take me with you. <laughs> I don't know. I L.A. is a crazy town, I hate snow. I was raised mostly in uh, San Diego, so. See, yeah, I was, my grandparents had an almond orchard in Orange County, and oh. I lived in Riverside for a while, so, yeah. Okay. And then yeah, I came I'm here, and I'm like, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm a military brat, so. Ah, okay, I'm a country girl. We just raised almonds, you <laughs> know, cattle, stuff like that. Oh, I love that stuff too. I'd rather be huh? in a rural area than in the suburbs. Oh, any day of the week. Any day of the week. All right. Um, let's. Uh, you want to introduce Carol? You want to introduce? Um, sure, Jim. I'm gonna. I'm gonna introduce you. If you could tell us a little bit about your organization. Uh, sure. Okay. Just let me know when, Scott. Anytime you're ready. Say welcome back. Okay. Welcome back, you guys, to Cold Case Justice. I am really honored to say that we have Jim from I Have Vanished on. Hi, Jim. How are you? Hi. How's it going? It is going great. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your organization. Uh, sure. My name is Jim Sethman. Um, I run the website IHaveVanished.com. Uh, um, you can also catch me on Twitter at IHaveVanished. Um, the site is something I've run on my own uh, the past two and a half years or so. And the, uh, the purpose of the website is to bring attention and uh, focus to some lesser-known cases that you might not otherwise see on, on the evening news or on your daily uh, Internet news feed. And uh, in addition to that, the site acts as a, just a general resource um, regarding things such as uh, case updates, um, upcoming events, uh, statistics, safety tips, um, pretty much any, anything related to the field. That is, we were just talking about how the public needs to be more aware of safety and their surrounding areas. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, and one thing I'm trying to, to push is, uh, you know, there's, there's so many um, different organizations, so many websites, and, and it's easy to pump out stories across the country, but you've got to get them in the hands of the right people. And uh, I, think, I think that's an, an opportunity going forward, um, especially with the use of like social media, just the ability to, um, you know, o possibly overrun somebody's timeline uh, with cases related to the, the geographic area they're at. So, you know, say I'm in Jersey, I'd have a tendency to see cases in my immediate area. But if I were to take a vacation uh, to Miami or if I were to travel to Canada or some, somewhere else, I would see uh, missing persons cases that would make sense for the area I'm at. 
Right. Well, we see that quite a bit. Um, We handle cases all over America, some in Canada. And, you know, I think you're right. I think that it's definitely the vast web can be a great tool if it's used properly. And I think that what you do, I mean, to to go home, to work all day long and then go home and dedicate yourself to these families of these missing people and be so adamant about it for as long as you have, it just, it really makes me appreciate the people that are out there like you that are doing this. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and there's there's so many people out there. I mean, you know, like I said, I've only been doing this a few years, but, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of uh, meeting a lot of people uh, doing similar things or working in areas that overlap that uh, dedicate a tremendous um, amount of time and uh, their own resources for, you know, different types of uh, missing persons cases, criminal cases. So it's it's a great thing to see. Can I ask how you got into this or why um, you decided to get into this phase of it? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you know, growing up, I was always impressed with the, the television shows like uh, America's Most Wanted. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, I got to say, uh, John, like John Walsh is uh, – you know, somebody I look up to, somebody I respect. I really liked what he was doing, um, especially considering the situation that he came from, where he turned um, something tragic into, into something positive. And, you know, he would have a weekly show with millions of viewers, and he, he would have, you know, th- their full attention and the capability to use them as, you know, one huge resource that otherwise wouldn't be available. So I really liked uh, that concept as far as wanting to do something. But uh, more mm-hmm. specifically, uh, how I got into the missing persons cases was, um, you know, when I moved out of my house and, and I, I got my own apartment and I, you know, I finally started to pay attention to the world, that's when the uh, cable, big cable news networks were, um, you know, evolving and, and coming into play. And there were some big cases that, that they would show day in and uh, day out. And, you know, you would form a kind of emotional bond with them. You'd watch the cases. You'd want updates. You'd want them to be found and uh, be found safe. Um, you know, some of the bigger cases would have been like uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Smart, uh, who was found uh, alive. Um, like the Lacey Peterson case, of course. Um, the McStay family who was recently uh, found uh, deceased. And, uh, the one of one, our cases, the Alexis Murphy case, is very well known, one of our cases that we're working on. Alexis Murphy, definitely. And uh, I, I don't think they've ever recovered her, her body either. No, they have not. Um, and the big case for me uh, that kind of got me hooked into all of this was uh, Natalie Holloway. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, just from watching uh, those cases, you know, you start to realize that there has to be so much more out there. There's just not this one big case a year. You know, it's more like the uh, the tip of the iceberg. And, of course, you know, now I know that there's there's thousands of cases that just don't get any pub- publicity for whatever reason, either because 
there are regional cases or they don't fit a specific uh, narrative because of, you know, perhaps the person's uh, appearance, class, or race, or whatever, whatever it may be. So uh, that kind of brings me to, to where I'm at now. Well, well, I mean, I, me and you are actually friends on Twitter. So yes, we, we are. follow each other's Twitter account. And, you know, whenever you go on there, it's amazing to see how updated you keep your site. Um, I think you keep, like, for being, only being in this for the short amount of time that you have been, I've noticed that you upkeep your site so regularly. And you really keep, some of these missing people in the foreline and in, you know, it gives the public a chance to be able to really grasp what's going on with these cases. And I think it's very amazing what you do. And I think it's even more amazing that you just kind of took off the blinders to the world and said, you know, something, somebody's got to do something and decided to form I Have Vanished. I think that it's a phenomenal um, site. Where, now, where can people go again? Can you give us that information again? And anybody out there, trust me, if you are not friends with I Have Vanished on Twitter, you really need to be. Um, they post so many missing persons that it really is great to have this kind of dedication to this. Uh, sure, you can um, again contact me on Twitter at uh, I Have Vanished. Uh, the website, IHaveVanished.com. Um, again, you can contact me there, uh, sign up for missing person alerts, and the, the two accounts kind of complement each other. Uh, you know, each one has uh, different pieces of information that the other one doesn't. Now, can you give us um, which one is which is your latest missing persons that you would like to bring people recognizing to right now? Can you give us some of those details on that missing person? Uh, I mean, there's so many cases and they change so fast. Um, that there is uh, one case that I periodically look into just because it's a local case, so um, it's something I do. I uh, hear about on the news every once in a while or read about it online. Uh, it's a case out of uh, Trenton, New Jersey, and it's a cold case. It's from uh, March 1988. Um, it's regarding uh, Melissa McGuinn, uh, M-C-G-U-I-N-N. And uh, at the time, she was a seven-month-year-old toddler uh, living with her parents and a couple roommates one of the roommates took her for a walk and returned within uh, less than 10 minutes without the baby. Oh, my God. Um, now, you know, the, the police, the authorities, they, they thoroughly searched the immediate area. Um, they never found anything. Uh, the roommate changed up their story multiple times. So it leads you to believe it was a possible abduction. And if that's the case and... You know, the child was seven months at the time. There's a good possibility, uh, you know, she's out there somewhere as a functional uh, member of society, not even realizing that, that this occurred. Absolutely, a black market adoption, which we are seeing more and more of. Yeah, I mean, that that's uh, pretty scary. Um, and regarding that case, you know, I would just, 
you know, recommend everyone go check out her flyer. You can view it at the um, the, the National Center for Missing and, and Exploited uh, Children. If you go to missingkids.com, uh, type in her name. Um, Melissa McGuinn, again, M-C-G-U-I-N-N. They have an age-progressed photo, uh, which is pretty good because, you know, somebody may just look at that picture and say, hey, you know, that looks like my neighbor, uh, my coworker, a friend, whatever. And, um, you know, I really think that there's a possibility that, you know, this person can be found. They do have <clears throat> her DNA from back then. Um, several people have submitted DNA for testing within the last couple of years, and, uh, you know, they've unfortunately been ruled out. But uh, it is an active case, although it's, you know, pushing uh, 30 years old. Wow. Well, you know, everybody, please go check out our case. And if you have any information, or even if you think it might be somebody, but you're not sure, make the call. You know, it's not going to hurt you to make the call. And take a picture with your phone. All these cell phones have uh, cameras now. If you think that that person is who you have seen on the website, stuff, please, by all means, take the picture and send the picture to the authorities. Say, this might be the person you're looking for and stuff. Open your heart and be aware. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I just, we want to really thank you, Jim. Um, it, it takes a very special person to take all the time out that you do to help individuals that you don't even know. Um, you know, it takes a very special person, and we need more of you out there. So I'm really hoping that everybody please hit his site. Um, he does great work. So I want to really thank you for all the hard work you put into this. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank okay. you. That's very, very cool. Very cool. All right, guys. Um, so, uh, and I hope uh, Anthony's doing okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he's not feeling real well. So bless his heart. I mean, we. I know that um, he hasn't been feeling well lately, and hopefully we get him back. He's a character. You're just going to absolutely love him. Hey, if you want to put your sites um, on my Twitter, I'll re-Twitter them for you, too. Okay, sure. We'll do. And thank you so much. We really appreciate all the work you do. Okay, it was great talking to you guys, and uh, I look forward to listening to your uh, your show. Well, definitely think it goes out. It's actually on eight different networks, um, FM networks. We just have to pre-record because we're not in LA right now. So, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, we have to do it this way. But we we will be going um, Vegas one hundred one hundred seven FM, Georgia. 87.9 FM, PA 102.1 FM, Tampa, Florida. Um, I'll send you a list of all the radio stations, the FM, and it'll be over. Okay, sounds like a plan. Okay. Thank you again.
All right, guys. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Very it cool. is a love. Yeah, I love that organization. I mean, this is a this is a guy that just for, you know, whatever reason decided he was going to put himself second and put these missing people first. It's it's amazing. Yep. I, mean, I like. I'm glad that he has such a big heart and compassion for others. A lot of, I wish a lot of other people would do the same and oh we definitely need more of him out there yeah can we clone him huh yeah <laughs> i wish <laughs> i would love to clone him i mean what a what a great individual just to wake up one day and take the blinders off and say you know somebody's got to do something and you know i may not know these people but i'm going to reach out and i'm going to do everything i can to help them that takes a special person yeah, it does. I mean, I just love that organization. They're not in it for anything more than to help, and we definitely need more of them out there. So I would love to clone Jim like 20 times at least. <laughs> well, well, I hope people look on his website uh, and subscribe to him to get the updates. You never know when you're going to be able see something on his site or the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children and see something, somebody you may have seen or know and go, oh, my God, this is this person. Exactly. Reunite them with their family and friends. Absolutely. I mean, and... Like he was saying, you know, black market baby cells are way up nowadays. And, you know, to have this person out there at seven months, she probably doesn't even know she's missing. No. No. That's why it's so important to get these flyers out there. Get them into every person's hands you can get them into. Because you never know. She could be working, you know, at the desk next to yours, and you never knew it, and yet she never knew it. Right. She could have a family, and her parents are missing out because their child was taken so long, they never got to see her grow up and be there for her, and they need to be reunited. Absolutely. Um, so anybody who's listening to this, please, if you get a chance, check out IHaveVanished.com. Great organization. Um, always putting others first. I mean, this is an organization that just has a heart of gold. And also National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Look them up. Absolutely. And NamUs as well. NamUs is another really good program. Yep. And help your police to find people. Look, be open your eyes, people. Seriously, stop having those blinders on and give a care. Open your heart up and look for 
humanity in everyone, but also be vigilant and protect your children and yourself. And also, you can go on www.raidsonline.com, which is offered by most police agencies across America. That's www.raidsonline.com. The benefits of it is, one, you'll know incidents as soon as the officers respond to them in your area or any area that you're interested in. You'll get instant alerts of any crimes that are happening near your home or your job. And also, sometimes we don't really know about crimes by our house until some type of crime breaks out and you see flashing lights appear across the street from your house or outside your front door. So yeah. with that, with, with raids online, you can be... You, they could, you could be the eyes and ears also for the police department. You can alert them if you see any, any suspicious activity either. Get more involved with your police department. Absolutely. Get more involved with your communities. Definitely. So now um, I know that we are actually heading on a couple trips, you guys. Um, for everybody out there that does not know, um, Cold Case Justice, this is, this is our first radio show. We also have been picked up by the cable network to do an actual TV show featuring some of the cases, which we're really excited about because we get to actually interact with the town where the individual lived or went missing from. Um, it's just, it's such a great honor to be able to do all this. And so... Please, please, please check in with um, Cold Case Justice. We are always putting up cases. If you see any of the people on there or if you know anything about what happened, just make the call. You can always remain anonymous. But I'm excited to get down to uh, Jennifer's hometown. Yes, it's going to be good. It is. Well, and it's in Florida where there's no snow. <laughs> so. yeah, I'll need a lot of Kleenex because I'm probably going to tear up with the family members and friends. So just letting you know. Yeah, I have. I It's the pathologist in me, but I tend to, like, have that cutoff point to where, you know, I'll bury myself in the pathology report, crime scene photos, I mean, it's because it is hard on me, especially when it's a child case. Yeah. So I'll let, I'll let you. I'll, Jill, that's what you're for. You're there for them. I'll be there to read the pathology report. Okay. <laughs> but all kidding aside, I am um, very honored to actually have the chance, me and my team, to have, well, it's not my team, we're all A team. Oh. It's all A team, guys. I'm <laughs> sorry. E stands for everybody. E does. Yeah, I always tease everybody because uh, we have people asking us who's the head of your team, and we tell them all the time, we don't have a head of the team. You know, they ask us, who's the founder, who's the co-founder? We don't have that because we all work different parts of the cases and without each one of us there is no work in the case so we, right. there is no there is no head of the team or whatever it's we all work together and I think I like that as well because it's just something that we all we work very well together due to it 
you can think of us as uh, the parts of a heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all work together to get it bumping. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, but I know Michael teases me all that time when I say my team. Okay, me and my colleagues, <laughs> when we go down um, to the cases, I'm very excited because I really think that um, I think that with the steps that we've taken, and we can't say much right now because there has been several turns in this case that we can't really discuss at this point in time. Right. Um, but we're very, very excited with the turns that have taken place in this case just recently to be able to be able to be down there and be on ground and help law enforcement and help the family in any way we can. I am just so honored to be able to do that. And I couldn't think of better people to do it with than you guys. We feel the same, Mike. Sorry. There's my out here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, the way I look at it is, I, there has to be somebody around to tell you the glasses are still on top of your head when you think they're lost. I mean, <laughs> Infrastructure. Thank you. It takes, Thank you. It takes us all as a group, you know. Yes. <laughs> um, I know that we have several cases that are on the verge of uh, being solved. Actually. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that maybe we're the lucky charm for those cases. I'm open because I would love nothing more than to be able to sit with that family, look them in the eyes, and let them know that, you know what, the nightmare's over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think their nightmare will ever be over, but at least they'll know that that aspect of it's gone. Well, you know, as speaking as a mother for, of a murdered child, that aspect is always in your mind. But when you get that closure, we were lucky enough to get the closure of our son's killer. Um, granted, he only got three years, you know, and oh. it disheartens me that my son's life was only worth three years. But we were lucky. We got that closure. And to some of these families, they don't have that closure. and for me, the day that we got that closure, I was able to breathe a little easier. I was able to concentrate a little more. And it's, it is, believe it or not, a relief once you get the closure that you so need when you're the mother of a murdered victim or you're the family member of an abducted or a murdered person. That closure is really important. What I yeah. mean, let's be honest, you can't always give people closure. As long as you give the effort, you do give victory. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm extremely excited. Um, Scott, I know that I know that you can't mention uh, any names, but we do have two cases that are very close to being solved. Correct? Yes, correct. Um, so, without names, you want to touch on that a little bit? Cases in Connecticut it was an abduction, high-profile abduction, and um, uh, basically the um, individual yes was taken from a school and um, was missing. Uh, I forget the year on it, but um, 
2001. And um, they actually were watching something on TV and saw they thought was her. So they're actually um, investigating it right now, and uh, we should hear in the next couple of days whether it was her or not. So, I mean, it's, it's the that greatest. Is... Um, so far, it's the most that they've got in since 2005. So That is amazing that yeah. TV would bring that. Okay. I mean, it's amazing what actually takes place when, you know, once again, that's just like Jill said, open your eyes, look around. Absolutely. So I know when uh, we got the Alexis Murphy case, which um, for you guys that don't know Alexis Murphy case, um, they have an organization now uh, here out of Richmond called Save the Next Girl. And they had convicted a gentleman on her murder, but her body was never found. It was never brought home. Her family never got closure. The team this year is actually going to go on a dive. Well, we're not going diving. Our dive team is going diving. But um, we are actually going back out to do a search and recovery. We're going back out to do another dive. Um, We don't give up. And I'm not coming home without that body. I will not come home without giving that family closure. And I will never stop until we do. Um, so I'm really excited about that because we've actually closed in to about a half a mile radius. Um, so we're really excited. Not to mention we actually have an interview set up with the gentleman who, well, I can't really call him a gentleman, but the individual that was accused of her murder. Unbelievable. Well, I he was went to good luck in finding her body. You're going to be there. It's, I am? Yeah. I'm not diving. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's for the dive team. You and I get to stand up on the on the bank and tell them where to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Michael says, so be a woman. Thanks, Mike. Oh, Lord Almighty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Please tell me it's going to be in the spring or summer. Oh, it is definitely going to be in the spring. I don't do cold. I don't do cold either, even though I live in Connecticut, which is in most parts like Siberia. <laughs> Oh no! See, that's I'm not good with that. Me <laughs> either. No, I don't. I mean, put it this way: my husband has a hard enough time getting me out of the house to grocery shop when it's under fifty degrees. <laughs> oh my! You're worse than me. I hate the cold with a passion. Wow. Yeah. No. That doesn't happen. I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know. Don't go skiing in Colorado then. <clears throat> oh, no. See, we have a hot tub, and even in the summertime, I sit in a hot tub. I am I am warm-blooded. I do not like the cold. <laughs> we have a case in Siberia. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's green. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I can't do the cold. That's like, we we had a case and they actually offered to send me to Alaska, and I'm like, you know. <laughs> Alaska in the wintertime, I don't think so. You know, not only do I not want to freeze to death, I don't want to be eaten by a bear, okay? <laughs> that not my that, idea of fun. Wouldn't you like to see the sun? I think it's dark most of the day, six months out of the year. I... I have been to Alaska. My father owns 2,000 acres on the Prince of Wales. And it is a resort for high game hunters. And we actually, I went to Alaska for a week. I went up there when they had the 30 days of day. I had to put tinfoil over my winter, over my windows. I was so confused because I didn't know if 3 o'clock in the morning was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't know. I hated every second of it. Every second of it I hated. (laughs) I would be very confused, too. I mean, we literally got up. I went up to get, I forget what I want. I went to get, like, a soda and some cigarettes, something. And I was walking, and it was bright as day. I mean, it was it was daylight outside, and I'm walking up to this convenience store. Lo and behold, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the convenience store, and I'm like, when do they open? And they're like, tomorrow. And I'm like, what do you mean tomorrow? She goes, it's 4 a.m. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know? oh wow. I thought it was, I mean, it's bad. I, I, no, I was so confused. I would be, too. I, really I have never would. gone back to Alaska. Never. <laughs> I won't even go to my dad's hunting lodge. Will not go. Oh wow. No, I no. Me and Alaska don't get along. It confuses me. Not the only thing that doesn't go well with you. <laughs> Ignore it. <laughs> Ignore it, please. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Yeah, but you know. You know, just because we have some stalkers online, uh, it's just because we're that good. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, so they is the end. Okay, I like that. Oh, our stalkers? Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the way I look at it is you know you're doing something right when you have a stalker. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Or you're just unfortunate. That's true. But um, I am so glad that we have these cases. Now, I know that we have, um, Scott, we have more things in the fire, and we're definitely hitting on other cases. I believe next week we're doing the Gina Rehall case, correct? Yes. Gina Renee Hall case. Um, But... With this being our first our first radio show, I just really want to thank people for joining us so that we can bring light to some of these cases. And if you could, would you mind going over the stats of the case and um, stuff one more time for them? About the Jennifer case? Yes. We always want to, we want to make sure if anybody saw anything, if you remember anything, Make the call. If you want to go over the dates and stuff again, that would be awesome. Sure. Um, she was 12 years old when she disappeared on February 19, 1993. 
in Pasco County, Florida. Um, she got off the bus at 3 p.m., and her friends say that as she was walking home, which was only 200 yards from the bus stop, a blue truck, pickup truck, slowly followed her home. Um, also, uh, the police and volunteers searched about a 60-square-mile radius around the town searching for her. Six days later, after her disappearance on February 25, 1993, her body was found in Hernando County, Florida, and she was not dressed. Only thing that um, was on her were two rings and a gold bracelet with two charms, which one of the charms is how they identified her. Um, two years later, on Jan in January of 95, uh, two people were hunting for scrap metal and found her clarinet case and her book bag in Fernando County, Florida also, but it was 18 miles from where, I'm sorry, not 18, but 12 miles away from where her body was found and 20 from her home. Wow. And then uh, they have had news uh, stations report about her abduction and everything, uh, both national, local and national and also a segment on missing unsolved murders, but there have been no arrests as of yet. Okay, and, and anybody, um, I'm sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's okay. And if, um, I know that the police are still working on it and that they're, um, interest in anybody with any information. Absolutely. And if you do have any information, even if you think it's minute information, it may not matter, please call anyways. It's always better to have too much information than not enough. Your information could be the missing key in solving this case. Um, and you the have the phone number, right, Carol? I'm sorry? And you have the phone number, right? I do. And that phone number is Area code 352-754-6830. That number again is area code 352-754-6830. If you have any information, or even if you think you might have information but you're not sure, give a call. It's not going to harm anybody for you to call. You can always remain anonymous. And even if you forget the phone number, or you can always try and um, look the, the um, Hernando, it's the Hernando County Sheriff's Department, right? Absolutely. They can always look them up and 
send them an email about the information that they would have? Absolutely. Or you can email us. Or you can email us at copagejustice at yahoo.com too. Exactly. If you do not want to, if you do not want to email the police department um, directly, you can always email us at coldcasejustice at yahoo.com, and we will forward that over to them. And everybody, have a heart and think back, and if there's any information you have about any cases, um, please, very, we would very much appreciate you being open and willing to give the police that information. It helps the families and your, their community um, find justice and peace for these, these poor victims. We have Absolutely. about five minutes. We have about five minutes left. Any closing thoughts for anybody? Um, I would just want to thank everybody for tuning in um, to our first show. And yes, I'm, you know, thank you so much for being here. And please remember to check out IHaveVanished.com and the great work that they're doing. And also our um, website. Website is criminaltakedown at wordpress.com. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in with us. And I want to thank each and every one of my team members. Um, and thank you, know, you guys. Sarah. Honestly, you know, without you, I'd probably be beating my head into a wall right now. So, you know. Well, we Thank don't you so want much. That. I'm the one who got the head trauma, not you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and um, we hope to see you guys here next week. We will be going over cases each week. This case, um, the Jennifer case, please, if you need to look into it, you can Google her name and all the information is right there, readily available on the web. And if you know anything, please just pick up the phone and make the call. I know that her friends and her family, you know, they miss her so much. And they just want closure. So help them get that closure. Yeah. Bring her some peace. Absolutely. Are we good, Scott? We're good. We're good. Then what I'll do is I'll transition this um, into that outtake of somebody's watching you. Okay, awesome. So basically, it'll be the, and then we'll put uh, Carrie Factor's song in the middle, and then see what Weather Center has. He probably won't do anything this one, so we'll just run that whole song through the middle, and then we'll okay. we'll start back up. Where I had you introduce um, yeah. 
and then we'll end it like this. And then, um, so it, it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be cool. It will. Um, so I just and every, how do you yeah. think it went? I think it went very well. Yeah, me too. Michael. <laughs> he always says it's okay. That's his famous catchphrase. Well, it's okay. Well, hey, nobody good. swore. Once this I'm is shocked. done, I know. Once this is done at nine o'clock, they will uh, they will download it onto a file. Talk to you will, and then okay. I'll be able to come back on the talk to you and be able to retrieve that, download it. I'm going to send you a cop, the raw copy from tonight. Then I'm going to um, keep a raw copy for us and then make another copy, and I'll be able to tear it apart at that point. Oh, so, awesome. On every yeah, one of the shows, every one of the shows, all of us will have a raw copy, okay? Okay, now, do you, um, if you guys want any, um, Anybody coming on, that is awesome. Scott, I have got to send you these uh, these reports, by the way. They're medical okay. examiner reports, so they're kind of hard to... Okay, no, that's fine. What, what I'm going what, what to do right now is I'm going to end this, okay? If this hangs okay. up on you, I'll call you right back, all right? You got it. All right, so I'm going to end it. Okay. Are you still there? I am still here. Okay. So now what will happen is once 9 o'clock comes around, they'll download it and do that. But you said something about cases. Yeah, I I got the medical examiner's case right here okay. for you. Okay. Um, I, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Hey, babe, Thanks. can you check up there, Bear? Okay, I'm going to send this over to you. It's pathology report. Okay. Um, and it's, they really fucked these up, you guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually shocked to see how badly they screwed this shit up. Unbelievable. I mean, I'm just, I'm almost terrified. Yeah. Because these right here, they should have never, and I mean literally, these should have never have been this way. I mean, they didn't even take a liver temperature. How the hell are you going to determine time of death without a liver temperature? Where is the case out of? It's Ohio. Um, it's not too far from me. About about four hours from me, Scott. Okay, about six from here. All right. Okay, and All when right. I talk to this lady, there is a hotel. It's a it's, um, cheaper hotel, which is fine. You know, we can get two rooms at the hotel for two days. No big fucking deal. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then when we're not searching, Jill and I can go to the casino. But... <laughs> I'll go but, watch um, the shows. You, get, you can play the slots and stuff. I'll go watch the shows. <laughs> okay, deal. Deal. Uh, anyway, but, um, I want to get into a conversation right now because what will happen is when 9 o'clock comes, this will actually cut my phone off. So let me call you back in about five minutes on my phone, okay? You got it. All right, I'll call you back. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.